Welcome to Crashing Game Night. My name is Matt Diorio. Unfortunately, our Mr. Bean, Gerard Brewer, was off running the rat race and fell asleep mid-race, so who knows where the heck he is, possibly touring with Nickelback. Uh, I am joined tonight, however, by our very own Norman Osborne Green Goblin, Theo Walski. How you doing? What is up? I can't necessarily steal Jerry's what up, my nerds, but I need to do homage and say, what up, my nerds? Man, he's not here, so we could steal whatever catchphrase you want from him. It, and it's, we might not well just... cra- it, it's not a Crashing Game Night podcast without What Up My Nerds. Well, you know, Jerry decided he had to go be all adult-like and actually work, so. We all got so, to do it. So how was the week? Besides getting to see yours, uh, yours truly on uh, Tuesday night. Yes, I was was very happy to see mr matt dioro in in the flesh yeah the other day took to a little uh wife and, and little kiddo yeah took a little prompto trip out to uh colorado it was a much needed so got to uh go down and actually see my mother's resting place so for those that are uh, been listening to the podcast um especially those that are starting to uh join us for the the first time and stuff and Listening to some of our back episodes, um, the sport has always been very appreciative. Um, so it was definitely very good to get home and then have some very good friends time with yourself, James, who uh, married Eve and I, going up, going up to see Grant. It was it was much needed. Some little bit of uh, chicken soup for the soul, so to speak. You laugh, but hey. It helped. It helped a lot. It just makes actually. me think of that book, though, that everybody <laughs> was like obsessed with when I was in middle school. Chicken I still soup never read soul. that book. They did never everything. They like did chicken soup for the teenage soul or something, and it yep. was just yeah. Oh, yeah there so, were lots of different variations for that thing. Yeah, I will say this: Reagan's not a great airport. <laughs> it is not. Why? So it just feels like you're still in the '70s when you walk into it, and it's like. Honestly, it felt like a lower scale Richmond. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you have you go in, you kind of branch off, you go to your gates, has separate security. It's all like a little hub with like a bunch of gates around it. Not much. I actually say Richmond is pretty nice, though. It's not bad. I like Richmond. I like Richmond, but I couldn't. I couldn't beat the price. Now the landing in in Reagan was fun. I mean, they bring you in going pretty quickly. And doing a couple of banks. It's like, dude, it's like Maverick was our pilot, man. <laughs> doing a couple of split S's, just banking in and then dropping, hitting the runway and then hitting the brakes. It's like, okay. So so let's get to it, Theo. So we've we've talked about this a couple of times on the podcast regarding Warner Brothers and the Batman franchise. So it has now started leaking out of Warner Brothers that they are potentially looking to do Batman Beyond with one Michael Keaton as Bruce. Yes. I can't I mean, even count how many times we've said that. that I know. And Michael you know Keaton what? They just, definitely need to be the old Bruce Wayne. Quit thinking about it and just do it. I'll give you my money now. Just, here's, you know, just take my money now and we'll be good with it. 
Give us our movie. Start up like some sort of Omaze or like Kickstarter if you need help getting Keaton's salary up or whatever. So because it will happen. Hey, as long as you put in the trailer that I am, I'm one of the sponsor or in the uh, credits I'm a sponsor. You know what? You can take my money. Ooh. So how? What, what if it costs like two thousand bucks? Get your name in the credits. I would Ooh. say. What is the, your price, good sir? What I is would your say price? the four of us need to pull together, and then we can get crashing game night in the credits. Okay. I did it for Danielle's movie, for Little May. Yeah. I mean, Warner Brothers, honestly, just give us the movie. You, you are printing currency the second you say Batman Beyond starring Michael Keaton. Well, I mean, they still got to. Peg Terry, though we had we we debated on Terry before. Like, I just who is going to play the 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 teenage, essentially teenage Batman? Honestly, Robert Pattinson could have been Terry. I mean, I feel like Robert Pattinson could have been Terry during the years of Twilight, <laughs> but oh, not now. That's rough. Not now. Eh, I think yeah. I think he's I think he's aged a little too much to be Terry. No, I think. I think they'll find one, but I think they just need to go ahead and just announce it. Hey, we're going to do Batman Beyond with Michael Keaton. Here's our targeted date and go. Do you think they might actually be smart to go with an unknown actor? Somebody, a fresh face? That's not a bad rather idea. Than somebody, somebody, rather than somebody established? Because I think mm-hmm. that would actually be a pretty decent idea. Yeah, I mean, I think you really could do that. I mean, heck, look at what they did with Tom Holland for Spider-Man. You know, he was kind of an unknown Right. He had I some mean, part bit parts here and there, but ultimately he wasn't a face of the franchise. So I think right, exactly. for I think for not, Beyond, at least not to it, Americans. Yeah. I think do a fresh face. Absolutely. Also, Warner announced that they have cast the Riddler for Robert Pattinson's oh, movie. Speaking of that. Because I didn't even recognize the name. However, when you look at his picture though, at least the one that's being used on IMDB. For the Batman, um, he looks the spinning image. It's uh, Paul Dano, which. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He would be a great Riddler. Yeah, he is going to be the Riddler. They're going with uh, the official name is going to be Edward Nashton. Um, but having the Riddler and Catwoman now is awesome. Now, the question is now. Is that Catwoman going to be the one that's in it for herself and playing both sides? Right. I would love to see that. Her screwing with the Riddler and Batman at the same time. And for, for listeners that may not know Paul Dano by name, uh, if anybody is remotely into our generation, you would recognize him from the movie either The Girl Next Door as Clitz which was the guy that I totally had, that forgot about him being in that. He he was the nervous guy that ended up having the humongous schlong <laughs> or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he was also in a uh, Twelve Years Slave, if mm-hmm. a, a lot of people remember that as well. And he was in um, There Will Be Blood. Mm, that's right. As a smaller part in there, so I think when you I look think, at his, I think he'll, I think he'll be a fantastic Riddler, dude. I can picture him with a top, with the little hat on, and the bowler hat, and 
Yes, we, I can Kane picture him suit. perfectly. Oh yeah. And as much as like I've I've said this before, as I wanted to hate this movie and who they were who they cast as the Batman, they as these pieces doing, as yeah. they fall into place, I can't hate it. So because far, yeah, I'm kind of on board. I can see Robert Pattinson as a young Bruce. I can see him well with Zoe, which <laughs> James pointed out to us this week is that when we were talking about like Catwoman and height and stuff, Holly Berry's like five four, and she did Catwoman. Although we don't consider Catwoman to be a great Catwoman movie, but she still did a horrible job as Catwoman. Right. <laughs> but you've got Paul Dano now as Riddler. Um, and then the other casting that I saw, Jeffrey Wright, is going to be Commissioner Gordon, which Ooh. I think that is a fantastic idea. I think that'd be awesome. And for um, our listeners who don't know Jeffrey Wright by name, uh, he, he was is he most was recently beaten. well known for Westworld. Uh, if, if anybody watches mm-hmm. HBO shows, Hunger Games, he was Beatty, the scientific yep. guy. Um, you can catch him also on TV ads for Dell. He's he's the one doing the Dell cloud commercials. Oh, I don't watch TV enough to see commercials. I hate commercials. Well, it comes so, on. Hulu. <laughs> sorry, 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 Jeffrey Wright. I don't watch your commercials for that reason, because it's commercial. <laughs> but I think that's a fantastic idea for Commissioner Gordon. Oh, yeah. Like, especially with. With his voice and just mm-hmm. how he holds his physical presence yep. would be great for Commissioner Gordon. Oh man, I'm getting more excited for this. And so if like I. if like Paul Dano, like Paul Dano, I think would be picturesque for Riddler. I feel like he should take notes from Jim Carrey, absolutely, and Batman Forever, because like Jim Carrey did a fantastic job on the mm-hmm. personality and and the craziness that is the Riddler, but. I think uh, he just missed out on the could, picture. Could you primarily imagine? with like the. Could you imagine the, the, the like Jim Carrey doing the Batman now as the Riddler, but a more serious Riddler, not that oh, cartoony looking one. That, that would be sick. Like, with, like with oh. him with like his long hair and like brooding uh-huh. a little bit and everything. Oh, that would be so good. Yep. Jim Carrey. The darker sunglasses, like darker I think glasses. That's why, I think that's why they went with Paul Dano because Paul Dano normally has long hair and everything. And yeah. It's going to look good. So I think it's going to be fantastic. So um, now let's talk about the other big thing that happened on Monday Night Football. The final trailer for Rise of Skywalker dropped. And we get to see a heck of a lot more in this. So we get to see Ray training a little bit. We see the rebellion kind of really building up a la Empire Strikes Back. Seeing them all in the hangar like they were on Hoth. You get to see a Corellian Corvette taking off out of the middle of a planet. So who knows what planet that's on, why there was a Corellian Corvette even there. You see the Emperor's Stone Throne is just in the middle of this planet, which you get to hear his iconic laugh. So I want to exp- I want to really see like how they explain how he managed to resurrect himself. Um, you see, is it, do you think it's going to be like him resurrected or just his spirit? Well, I mean, like, because I mean, like Obi Wan's spirit like stayed true for a while. The yeah. Um, in this case, I think it is really him being resurrected because 
um, there's been some leaked screenshots coming out, and it actually shows him force lightning and all in front of Ray. Mm-hmm. There's also been a leaked shot that's come out um, that shows Ray standing next to Kylo Ren, except Kylo Ren's lightsaber is not red. It's blue. Oh, to feed more into the whole so uh, Ray you know, going bad because she gets the red double blade. But as we know, with the prior two Star Wars movies, the, the movie posters that they've done, some of the leaks that came out ended up being just feeder material to get hype right. built up. So that I'm going to just huge, huge, just grain of salt with that one. Um, you get to see C-3PO's kind of maybe his last moments, because in a prior trailer, we do see him with red eyes. So it makes you kind of wonder what's actually happening to 3PO. Mm. Um, but it also says in the trailer that it's his last look at his friends. Yeah. So I think I think we're going to see some friends dying off here. Um, you know, we saw more of Lando. We see a lot more old school ships in there, too. Um, you see A-wings, B-wings, Y-wings. I mean, all the staples of the Rebellion are now back. And for those who kind of paid attention to the trailer, the ship ghost from star Wars rebels was sitting behind the millennium Falcon in the whole pan screen. So when you're, if you're watching the trailer, they show the big rebel fleet and with the Falcon there with its original dish. So not the square one anymore. It's gone back to the original round radar dish to its to the back and to the right of the Millennium Falcon is Ghost. So it makes you wonder what part of it, or B, if it's not Ghost, then it's somebody that is running around with the same exact light freighter that is in that show. So it's going to be very, very interesting how this all plays out. Um, I'm excited for it. Bought my tickets already for it. Yes, tickets are on sale now, if you should. Yes. You should definitely pre-order them because I pre-ordered mine the day it was announced. Mm-hmm. I picked the Thursday it comes out at 8 p.m. and it was already half booked. Yeah, so I, I jumped on Adam right away and was able to get tickets at one theater. And then um, there was tickets finally opened up at the Regal right here by the house. So I ended up canceling my Adam tickets and going to the Re- and just going for Regal. Um, sorry, Regal, if you were, or sorry, Adam, if you were looking to sponsor us. <laughs> Fandango, on the other hand, I, I'm very loyal to Fandango, and you should sponsor us. <laughs> well, here's the thing with that is I love Adam, right? And that's what I used to build, like buy all my tickets through, but Regal decided to go with their own app. So they mm. pulled their tickets off of all the other um, off ticket of Fandango sites. Too? I believe it got pulled from Fandango. Now, AMC, although they have their own app, you can I can get tickets through Adam for for that. So yeah, I just do that. So what did you take from the Star Wars trailer? Do mm, I mean, I feel like I'm not a great person to know much because like I, I have primarily watched the sagas only like once or twice. I don't know as much detailed nearly as you do since you 
definitely grew up with the original saga more yes. than I did. Growing up with them is an understatement. I used to take out all the individual toys for each movie and play along with the movie. I could quote. Oh, so the, you, so you, you, you did the movie in with your toys? Yes, I did. <laughs> I used to, you know, bust out the X-wing, the Millennium Falcon. Um, I used to have the gun figure case, so I used to make that as my makeshift Death Star. So where the handle was for the scope. There was a little space in it. I used to put the uh, Death Star gunner right into that little hole and pretend he was the the gunner, you know, and <laughs> and whatnot. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I can I can tell you that you know some of the scenes from the movies just based on the score. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like like with the with the trailer, I definitely like that they definitely focused more on ton of teasers like i feel like the entire trailer is just a huge teaser for the nostalgia oh yeah primarily jj amber is is sending this out with a bang yeah i feel like they definitely played it smart i feel like there's little to no information given to hint at what's going on in the movie which i think is brilliant it's enough to make everybody go hmm what's going on is somebody dying you know, it it makes that everybody start guessing at things. I mean, like, I I really hope that they do end up in this movie with like a huge jaw dropping moment that will mm-hmm. like ring forever, just like um, uh, uh, Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker moment. Mm-hmm. Like that will forever be like they failed so- to have that in episodes one through three, mm-hmm. at least in my book. But like, unless you stick, unless you like talk about like the Obi-Wan battle and like, oh, I have the high ground. Like, nah, I don't care. So what's funny is like my buddy Mike uh, texted me uh, the other day after watching the trailer and he's like, he was referencing kind of Force Unleashed and Force Unleashed 2. And he's like, the underlying story in those games revolves around the Empire trying to figure out and perfect a Force sensitive clone. He's like, what if they truly succeeded and Ray is that clone? And that that scene in clone or do you think Emperor's a clone? Well, here's his theory. And I I can't dis I can't disagree with his theory on this. He's like when she fell into the dark hole in Last Jedi, all those multiple copies of herself that she sees. What if those are all just the the multiple the multiple versions of the clone? Mm. It's like, what is he's like? You know, we all talk about who Ray is related to, but what if, like, the Death Star or the the plans, you know, she found out, smuggled out, hidden from the Empire. You know, it was kind of like that thing where they they got her and they smuggled her out. So being left on that planet, you know, maybe that was kind of what it was. It was like the smuggling of the twins. They got him mm. out. I, you know, I can't disagree with that theory because. I feel like that's a pretty hardcore stretch. Well, I mean, book. here's the thing, though, is is like in the Timothy Zahn trilogy, the era of the uh, Empire trilogy, you know, there is a Jedi master that is working on trying to clone himself. And he is he's Sith. But right, I mean, master I, I, so it doesn't you know, if they start I pulling can, in can, canon from there. I can see potential for a clone, but I don't. I feel like the um, 
the support, the quote unquote support for that theory being the vision from falling in the black hole. I don't know. Cause I mean, the whole thing in the black hole thing was a whole psychological thing, not really a, Oh, this is your past or your future type of thing. This is really just psychological on her mm-hmm. battling internal, uh, light well, and dark. I think when you look at those, you look at the empire strikes back reference with that though, is like, yeah, Luke fights Vader in the tree in Dagobah and cuts a head off Vader and then it blows up to reveal himself. So it's almost like kind of foreshadowing where they may be coming from. So I think her not having any real parents and her being a clone would actually fit maybe why nobody knows who her parents are and everything, but it still wouldn't explain why Kylo has such a strong connection with her. What do you mean? So, um, just being able to to talk to each other over great distances, um, and they always can seem to sense each other. If you go back, yeah, but they movie, prim- so. they primarily contributed that to being sharing, having mm-hmm. the force, being able to use yeah. the force. So I I hope that J.J. Abrams sends us out really with a bang and doesn't leave open anything else. Just end it. I just want to draw drop this saga. I want, yeah. I want something that will ring for generations. I think we'll get it. I really think we will. Will we though? Will we though? I mean, we have to. I mean, they're ending the Skywalker saga. They have to have that that moment that drops everything. And you're just like, right. holy crap, rewind that. What was just said? Well, we don't know for sure if Skywalker saga is completely ending. This is they're saying this is going to be the end of the saga. Well, it's the end of this saga, but I mean, correct. The Skywalker end of Skywalker bloodline. The Skywalker story is going to end with this movie. Now, that being said, they've already have plans for another trilogy by Ryan Johnson, um, which after how he did Last Jedi, which I kind of get because he was trying to break away from you know and move everything to an end so i can kind of see where he went with things but Mm. i don't know so let's talk about some gaming so bethesda who is known for releasing you know releasing buggy games and everything like that uh fallout 76 was released and it was a free-to-play online game they are now going to launch a hundred dollar a year or thirteen dollar a month subscription it is what? going to it is going to allow players who subscribe to have their own private world where no other you're players for will a be server. you're basically paying for a private server to have a world yourself and nobody else. If you want your friends to join your world, they can with no subscription, just one person has to have the subscription for that world. What? Oh, okay. One subscription for the world. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So you're paying for a server, a really expensive yep. server. <laughs> it's going to give I mean, you pay, to pay that on top of the uh, Xbox Live. Yeah, or whatever. the PlayStation Plus or whatever. I mean, at least that like kind of works out for PC players, I guess. Because I mean, that's something that they're used to is get, having games with servers and everything like that. But like, like not this, spending a hundred dollars a year on this sounds a like a this sounds like a complete cash grab by Bethesda. 
I mean, this what game makes has them been... think? What makes them think that they even have some ground to stand on to charge a hundred dollars a year when the game has royally failed the <laughs> player community? Like people just were so disgusted by it. Like, I, I mean, mean, come on. When one if, of the if biggest you're really just trying is... to take out the whole MMORPG fact of it and just trying to re-release the game with so it can be solo played but charge people a hundred dollars a year to play right. solo i mean come on it's ridiculous biggest, one of their biggest things that they're celebrating which i couldn't understand this at e3 watching their presser is that we're adding human npcs to the world i'm like dude really you should have probably done that from minute one you know yeah. it's a fallout game you're on earth you should have human npcs so um yeah i think this is a complete joke and I feel sorry for the players that are on Fallout 76 that are going to jump and, you know, drop a hundred bucks. Like, I want to know what the, like, if there's additional incentive in order to so pay couple, this. Like The only couple of things that I've seen that is going to add is you're going to get an unlimited scrap box for crafting components. So you're just going to keep, you're going to be able to build up as many components as you want. You get a survival tent, which serves as a placeable fast travel point with basic amenities. And that's about it. You just won't have other people in your world screwing it up. So it's a private server of Minecraft. Okay, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) That costs $100 more. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I mean, you paid probably the base game price, I think. Which would have been what sixty bucks at the time when it came out. I mean, a subscription just seems. I, I I can understand why subscription because it's basically functioning as a server and they need maintenance and everything like that. Yeah, and it's, I mean, and with the amount of servers that you'd have, you'd have to be able to pay for that. And I mean, yeah, you're gonna put it on the the user to pay for that type of thing. But I mean, I feel like they yeah. should have come up with some different alternative. I mean, Fallout seventy six bought, or it was Fallout seventy six is running twenty bucks at GameStop right now. For that sounds expensive for P, for PlayStation and Xbox One. That's brand new copies. PC downloads are running forty bucks through them. So uh, that's forty it's Steam. bucks. Steam PC and like Steam, like their prices stay high for like forever. But. At that point, though, it's like you're paying for that, and then it was going to be free to play after, you know, there was going to be no monthly fees or anything to basically go, hey, I want you to have spent $60 on my game, and now I'm going to charge you 100 bucks if you want to play by yourself. Right. $200 for a game. Man, they didn't even get a statue on it. I just We're find this <laughs> so interesting. Like, who thought of this idiotic idea to go like completely opposite of Bungie and going like at least Bungie went free to play and heard to bring more people in. Yeah. You're going to charge people so they stop playing with other people they don't know. Okay. <laughs> So let's go from Bethesda to over to the crew at Visual Concepts, who if anybody who's who's familiar with Visual Concepts, they made the 2K games back um, Dreamcast and Xbox eras. So they're responsible for 2K baseball, um, all of that. So they have been making WWE 2K for a while now. 
Uh, Ukes has been helping out with it. However, this year's game was made solely by them. And boy, howdy, did they screw up. They released 2K20 with Assassin's Creed Unity level bucks. So I know, Theo, you didn't really understand the whole reference that. So kind of give you an idea. Assassin's Creed Unity, the NPCs had melting faces, faces that weren't even forming. So you were looking at a headless body. For the scene, In other words, all their testing was on better machinery. Look at that! Look at that face. That's a like face that only a mother could love. Falling off the falling off the skeleton. Yes, it looks uh, like. So they, so all their testing was on machinery that had better processing power than the systems. So that's why it's failing well, to render. I don't think it's that. So here's here's some of the bugs, and then we'll get to kind of what may be the cause of it. So, kind of like I just showed you. Like there's no eyes or the rest of their mouth rendering, which honestly, I look at that picture and I look at it, I'm like, hmm, when did Crowley come to the WWE? Because it looks like a demon from Supernatural. Um, so they said that when the game originally was supposed to launch with originals mode, not sure what that mode was going to be, but it wasn't available at launch. And then they said it wasn't going to be available until um, the 28th. So as we're recording um, tonight on Saturday, so it'll be Monday. It's available. Um, some of the bugs in the visuals are that you've got hair just randomly just flying around wildly for no rhyme or reason. Um, <laughs> missing eyes, faces disappearing, players just randomly getting tangled up in ropes just because. Um, it's not on some of the menus. It's not moving past the loading screens. The game is randomly crashing, um, and. Where I think it's more the developer than the what they built it on is that the game had to be recoded shortly before launch. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. So I don't think they even got a chance to really play test the code accurately before launch. I mean, uh, it can go either way because I mean, you can code your game to, or a lot of the times, especially with like open world games, you have to code it to render in mm -hmm. certain orders because uh, that's why you always have like with uh, open world games, they're de-rendering uh, what's behind you and re-rendering what you're going towards. So that way, it's just like a treadmill that you're basically on when you're in the video game. So I mean, it could be that something like that. Either way they tested idiotically and didn't do their jobs. So I feel for those WWE fans out there that paid the $60 plus for this game that you got, you got a game of this caliber. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. So let's move, let's move on some good news. <laughs> okay. Cause we had enough bad news with the gaming world between Bethesda and 2k um, Xbox is now going to allow players to change their game tags to whatever they want, even if the name is taken. So, Theo, case in point like yours, right, with Stealth Kill, right? If somebody had that name, you had to go with, what, a one, two, you know, put numbers after it or yeah. change everything. So now it's just going to let you change it to be that, even if somebody has it. Um, it'll end up... Which, I mean... They're, that means they're taking a, a page out of Bethesda's book. Yep, and Steam and uh, Battle.net, I think it is. But what it'll do is, though, it is, even though it's going to be displayed as, say, Stealth Kill, 
it is going to have a number behind it for the the system itself. So if your friends want to find you, they have to know the number behind it um, to look it up. So they are going to do um, one free change this time around because they're just wiping the slate clean. So even if you had paid for a name change before, you're getting a free name change. Wait, you so, you still ha- so, so even after, you still have to pay to change your name, even though it can be changed to anything. So if you decide, hey, I don't want to be self-kill anymore, you get one free change. After that, if you didn't like the name you went to, it's going to cost you 10 bucks. Oh, but that's dumb, because like, what if I want to change it because so many other people have decided to change their name to mine? Like, granted, Stealth Kill isn't that great of a name, but still. You know what? I mean, that's on you. No, I don't want to. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of silly to to do this. I, I mean, I think it's okay, because honestly, there's been times I wanted to go grab a name, and it was taken, and because, you know, I couldn't change it up just enough to make it unique i didn't go with it um but i mean but i mean like how, how does this play with like esports like people could have <laughs> just throw up their name right be one of those famous esport guys and, and like they're trolling other people and be all mm-hmm. like why is this esport guy like just suck right now it's like oh it's because it's some other dude you hey. have to figure out his number in order to know it's yeah. actually him or whatever so Here's one of the things, though, is it's going to show up on your dashboard immediately. But in games, for most of them, it's not going to show up until 2020. Yeah, it does. Wait, so if if it doesn't show up in games, like how does it communicate if you change it before the game? It won't register your name change. So the name the games right now. So say you're playing Halo, uh, Halo Guardians or Reach. Okay. You change your name now, it's still going to reflect what your name was. But then come 2020, it'll flip it over to displaying what you changed it to. That seems really stupid. It's kind of what um, similar in some aspects to what Sony was doing when they did name changes and that some games just wouldn't update or whatever. So, right. hey, I, you know, I give I applaud Microsoft for doing something like this. But at the same time, as I want to see how this is going to execute, <laughs> you know, um, I, I, I don't I I am personally on the side of throwing throw in the whole you need the different variations. Like, I don't like the, the number thing because mm-hmm. it's just really ridiculous, because like, especially if you're trying to find friends, it's rather difficult it like even if you're just doing even if you're just doing lfg look for Mm -hmm. looking for groups like looking for group is annoying as it is trying to find people's names especially if it's case sensitive and i can understand even the variations for that and um i sorry i lost my train of thought and and and, that's right you distract easily look at kitty yes i (laughs) Ooh, shiny Shiny. put a bell around your neck Yes. Yeah. Um, so, but, but I mean, like, it's I I personally like having unique names in the gaming environment. That's why I haven't changed mine. Is because mine is unique, and it's somebody can change it to that. Right. Now. 
And that's the thing. Like, so there is the ability. Like, granted, it may not happen. It's like it's still one mm-hmm. in a billion chance or whatever. But no, there is that still ability, especially, mm-hmm. and and that's what's going to happen with games like like especially since it's on Xbox, you can do it on Fortnite, and there's huge names in Fortnite, and you can just like I'm anybody for the like first person to take ninjas. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> to take ninjas or myths name or something yeah. and just like completely ruin it. And it's just going to be something like, I don't know what they're going to end up doing in order to make things unique again, to just really make it to where that you can have a defined personality without actually putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, sometimes that's nice to, that you, sh- you kind of should put yourself out there, but at this point it also lets you hide behind somebody else's name right so speaking of multiplayer games and esports um playstation has pulled call of duty modern warfare from the russian digital storefront they haven't said why and activision's um call of duty russia twitter account has just come out and said you know we're sorry that this has been pulled you know, um, physical copies are still supposed to go out as expected. Uh, you can still be able to get it for PC on Battle.net, you know, Battle.net, and you'll be able to get it on Xbox. So I don't know why they're pulling it on the digital side. I would I love to finally see. because they need see... to fulfill orders. They I need to know. fill company orders and orders that are already in place to stock up that they need to mm-hmm. – uh, to honor those because I'm sure they already have the money for those and they need to do that. Yeah. So uh, I'm waiting to see what Sony's response to that is going to be. We'll see. Um, now out of the Sony camp, some sad news came out this week. I'm I wish okay we were any more bad news, but it's you ruined it. it. You it's said not no necessarily more bad, bad news. news. It's bad news because the game's not coming out on February 21st. But Last of Us 2 is getting pushed back to May 29th, which in turn is probably from Sony's world is probably going to push back Ghost of Tsushima. Um, I know Jerry and I were talking about that. Jerry's thinking it's going to be a launch PS5 title now. Um, Really? For Ghost of Tsushima. You know, I think it's still going to be PlayStation 4, but I think they'll probably move Ghost of Tsushima's street date back a little bit. Um to accommodate last of us because i don't think you want your exclusives launching too too closely to each other now yeah neil Druckmann, i I gotta give it to him because he's come out he actually wrote a letter to the fans on the 24th um and it says to our fans let me cut to the chase and get the news out of the way the last of us part two has a new release date of may 29 2020 I know it was just about a month ago when we had our big blowout for the game, letting media play over two hours of it, along with debuting our new story trailer and revealing the, the release date. The positive response we saw from our community was overwhelming. You can feel the energy among the team members after working on something for so many years. It's invigorating to get a glimpse of validation of all the hard work. However, it was during the last final few weeks as we were closing out sections of the game that we realized we simply didn't have enough time to bring the entire game up to a level of polish we call we would call Naughty Dog quality. At this point, we were faced with two options. Compromise parts of the game or get more time. 
we went with the latter, and this new release date allows us to finish everything to our level of satisfaction, while also reducing stress on the team. While we're relieved that we won't have to compromise our vision, we're disappointed that we weren't able to avoid this exact situation. We wish we could have foreseen the amount of polish we needed, but the size and scope of the game got the better of us. We hate disappointing our fans, and for that, we're sorry. We hope you understand that this additional time ensures that Last of Us Part Two lives up to our collective ambition, as well as our commitment to the highest level of quality. We know the extra few months will add to what may already be an excruciating wait for all of us. We are grateful for your patience and continued support. Come next May, you will finally rejoin Ellie in The Last of Us Part 2. Neil. I applaud them. I applaud the professionalism. They did a fantastic job. That is perfect. That is up to the front. Is completely open. I I love them right now. That's amazing. Hearing that, what that basically tells me, too, is, is it was either A, we get more time. Or B, we're going to have to deal with crunch. And for how massive this game's going to be, to put everything crew cr- uh, crunch this close, that would have been hell, man. You wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have had Thanksgiving, they wouldn't have had Christmas, none of that stuff. Yeah, Hanukkah, it's, you know, it's, a, it's great that they explicitly pointed out that they mm-hmm. wanted to prevent stress on the team. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's going to take an extra three months. Whoop de do, because it's an Audi dog. Right. It's, I mean, come on, look at how long it took Uncharted 4. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I I almost, I would almost equate this, like, any game in in the industry, like, any type of cycle or production or development, of mm -hmm. whether it be a game or product or whatever, I equate it to, like, a Kickstarter. Like, if you've ever done a Kickstarter, it's almost hit or miss, but at least with an industry like this, you're almost guaranteed to always get your product it's just going to be pushed back with kickstarter you're a little bit more of a gamble because like companies can disappear and take your money which has happened to me before um (laughs) a a few times uh two so far uh Uh, but i mean like but still that's only two he's willing to admit to anyways <laughs> I'd be upfront. I, I I don't lie to our listeners, um, but I mean, like it's it's still that's the kind of thing that you end up getting reassured with your like your pre order or the money that you put in to essentially invest into the product, and being able to have that regular upfront uh, uh, transparency with what's going on in. The production is fantastic. Yep. So for me, I will say this. If Gorilla came and said, hey, we need some more time for for Horizon 2. Corey Barlog came out and said, we need more time for God of War 2. Any of those studios that are within Sony first party studios, the worldwide studios, I am okay with take your time because you're, you're putting out great games. Now, if, if like Xbox Bethesda, w- if Bethesda could take a note from that and understand what, what it actually means to take their time, maybe they see some better results on their 2k games. <laughs> well, no, Bethesda is not 2k. That's just, uh, that's visual concepts. But Bethesda though, if they took their time, Man, it, they, their games wouldn't be buggy, and therefore maybe, just maybe, I might go back to the world of Fallout and Elder Scrolls. But, you know, when you play 
oblivion for 120 hours and the game glitches on you to the point where you are not able to do the rest of the story. Yeah. Screw that. (laughs) I actually took the game disc out of my console, threw it against the wall and broke it. So you raged quit. Oh, I raged quit. I, yeah. But I mean, the thing (laughs) is I'd spent all this time just messing around in oblivion just finding all the different stuff. I was full armored up and everything decided, okay, cool. I'm going to go start the main story. Freaking third mission on the story quest. You're supposed to kill two (laughs) assassins. Only one populated. The other one never populated. So I was screwed. Yeah. Even going back to one of my previous saves did not allow it to populate. So all that time was wasted. We yep. So Theo, did you get a chance to play anything this week? Uh, I've been back to my roots with Destiny. Yeah. How is it? Because okay, you and I have talked about this, and I trying to go back to that thing is a bit overwhelming. With everything, very overwhelming. Especially since you stopped before any of the DLCs. Like, there's so much change. Mm-hmm. And, like, even with me, just from even, like, I skipped uh, the Revelry event, and they had a bunch of changes in that. And, like, just from stopping around uh, the second, um, what did they call it? It was, like, it was the partial DLCs mm-hmm. that came with the annual pass. But, when it came to uh, the seasons, the season the Drifter is when I stopped. But between season the Drifter and Shadowkeep, it's such a massive change, and it's so hard to get used to. But also the thing about having not been keeping up with it is that there's nobody on LFG trying to do the same things I am. Because <laughs> everything everything that I'm trying to do is past free to play, but before Shadowkeep, and everybody's already done with that. <laughs> Nice. So but how- it is it is quite apparent when you end up going mm-hmm. into a matchmaking thing and find people that are definitely playing the free to play because I don't know what they're doing. I'm looking at it. I'm like, I try, man. I mean, I the rest of the game, it was easy. I mean, I could I knew how to do things. I kind of like the addition of a finishing move. That was the finishers nice. are fun. I like the finishers. I think that that's pretty fun, especially since they uh were smart about it and not just made it only aesthetic. They in, included um, uh, equipment mods, mm-hmm. so that way you can to uh, entice you to use the finisher because there are mods that like will grant you primary ammo or help you heal or grant you super cooldown or anything like that. Yeah, I didn't like how though they. I mean, I remember it being where they where you could have two different scout rifles and then your sniper rifle. Now it's mm-hmm. you have a kinetic and energy and a special. That's it. No. Yeah. So on the free to play, when you go in, you can only you can have two scout rifles, and then you can have a spe- like your a sword or a rocket launcher. You can't have two scout rifles and a sniper rifle now. Well, well, that's because of the classification. So it's it's not necessarily kinetic energy in anymore it's primary special and heavy because mm-hmm. you can have a special in your kinetic slot 
Um, yep. It's just because it doesn't have an elemental. But that's because they categorize snipers as not being heavy. Well, actually, there are some spy- snipers that are heavy. Whisper of the Worm uh, is a heavy sniper. Yeah. So you could have two scout rifles and a sniper, but your exotic is going to be your Whisper of the Worm. Yeah. So I was like, eh, it's okay. I'll stick to I'll stick to division because the new content is amazing. It's harder than shit too. I mean, that's pretty. what I mean. That's what I kind of like about Destiny. It's not necessarily it, it, there isn't a challenge, but it is mm-hmm. something that like you can either make it just a, a casual thing and just kind of do the normal stuff that is repetitive mm-hmm. or you can find some people and really like bust out a raid and really do that. Uh, for me, for division, like I felt like that wasn't quite the case primarily with like story inside missions. Like, like, yes, yeah. you don't necessarily have as much repetitive stuff, which is a, a great pro for division. Um, but like, I kind of, I kind of like the, the, yeah. RPG grind type of. Oh, I like I like my grind, but I like my toys. I like my my turret and my my drone and my fifty cal sniper rifle. So mm. did you? That sounds like you, that sounds like your uh, Borderlands three character. <laughs> right, dude. I am running Zane. I am running that same build as my my uh, specialist in Division two. It's great. Um, how our far? listeners can tell, there's a certain uh, type of. Uh, uh, what am I trying character to say? Build? I don't know. I, go I mean, for? yeah, there's a certain type of Snipers. character you go for all the time. Snipers. <laughs> I was the same way with Halo, too. I always ran a sniper rifle. Oh, I, I sucked at snipers at Halo. I sucked at snipers at Halo. I'm really well, bad at snipers that in games for a first-person shooter that really involve a lot of movement. That's why I sit long-range. And do my damage from there. And not a lot of games, not a lot of games really allow you to do the, the long range I mean, and sit. Like the the primary thing for me is the sit part. Like like Destiny when we'd sit up on Pride Rock. Yes, which which no longer can you do really. Like everything, yeah. is, there's nothing really like spawns that far away that you can just sit or at least backtrack. Yeah. So how far into uh, Link's Awakening have you gotten? Have you just kind of stopped playing it? Uh, I stopped playing it. Uh, I, I haven't picked up the switch for a little while. Um, I'm still just past the third dungeon, dude. I, I, so I, I passed you then. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. I, yeah. I know you passed me. You passed me I, weeks ago. Well, no, I, I, <laughs> I was at like before I went on my plane trip, I was just starting dungeon three. Okay. So I now have five instruments. So I finished, I'm, on the fifth dungeon. I'm on dungeon six. I have the blue mail, which reduces the damage for okay. that I get. I now have I have the flippers. I have the magnifying lens. I have the ocarina, the bow, hookshot, boomerang, second bottle. You have the boots. Uh, I do have the Pegasus boots. So, so I only have Pegasus boots for sixth dungeon, I believe. 36, I remember correctly. 9, 10, 11, 12. And I'm up to 13 hearts now. Nice. Yeah. So, heck, I'm not going to lie. I played a bunch of Zelda today. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. 
it's not it's not that it's a bad game and it's not that it's not challenging or that it, it's it's more i feel like links awaiting is a perfect casual game that like mm. you can just pick up you don't need to play it for longer than really 20 minutes but you can get lost and play a couple hours yeah i'm still not it's still not great for me you know i'm but the thing is though is i want to finish it mm. so i'm i was like okay cool i need something for the plane um I did play some more Ori. That Ori. game is so good. Ori. So oh, good. Such a big fan of Ori. I love it. Um, yeah, which Ori the, do you have again? It's the Ori in the Blind Forest, which Ori in the Willow of the Wisps is coming out for Xbox here, I think, later this year? Towards the holidays, I think? Wasn't, something like that. Wasn't there another Ori already released, though? No, it's just, just Ori in the Blind Forest. But it's great. It's beautiful. It plays amazingly well. Um, I need to play. I want to try playing it on my uh, my new LG 4K monitor just to see how pretty that thing looks um, mm. and see how it plays with a pro controller. Because so far, I've only played it with the uh, the Switch itself. So it's it it's nice. Um, my backlog, though is about to increase, which is going to suck because Luigi's Mansion comes out on Thursday. That's right. And then the following week, Death Stranding comes out. And, and then, then the and then the following week is Pokemon. Following or two weeks? No, it's it's like a week apart. It's supposed to come out. So Luigi's Mansion is the 31st. Death Stranding yep. is the 7th. And, and Pokemon is the 15th. Oh, I thought it was the 21st. Nope. Uh, I want to say the 21st is uh, uh, Fallen Jedi. That sounds right. Okay. Yeah. And then you so, have Fallen Jedi, too. <laughs> so you're yeah, back. Or sorry, Jedi Fallen Order, rather. And that comes out on the 15th as well. So I'm going to have so much fun this coming month. On a side note, we were talking about Ori. I looked up Ori, <laughs> and there is a um, a Smash Brothers esque version with Ori <laughs> called Ri- called Rivals of Ether. Uh, Ori and Sign. <laughs> it's oh. like an it's like an eight bit uh, uh, Smash Brothers. <laughs> what the heck? Only on PC right now, though. Wow. No, it came out in um, August for Xbox One. Did it? Oh, okay. Yeah. It looks funny. <laughs> Fighting. Wow. Okay. I don't know. But I don't know. Ori is fantastic. So I'm definitely happy my backlog won't be as nearly as large as yours. I mean, I do have Luigi's Mansion coming. I do have Pokemon coming. But I... Yeah. I'm still waiting to hear what you and Jerry say about Death Stranding. Uh, I still don't know how I feel about that that game. Dude, I don't even know what it's about anymore. Did anybody it, ever know what it was about? No. <laughs> and that's the thing is, though, is I want to play it. I'm going to get it. But I only went with the base edition just because I'm not sure how much I'm going to like it. Right. Um, Whether oh, yeah, and it gets traded back in for... yeah. And I'm still playing a uh, Concrete Genie. 
Oh, I still need to pick that up. I want to try that. It's it is a thirty dollar so or thirty dollar pretty game. So with that, I want to thank everybody for crashing game night with Theo and I tonight. If you liked what you heard, as always, please leave those comments. Helps with those rankings on SoundCloud and iTunes. I also want to say thank you for everybody that not only across the country, but in some of those foreign countries like the UK and Korea that have listened to us. Uh, it's definitely, definitely appreciated, guys. We have a lot of fun trying to do this, trying to keep you know some of the biggest news stories for you guys. I know you guys don't have a lot of time, so we definitely appreciate you spending that hour with us uh, each and every week. Don't forget to follow us on the platform of your choice as well as CrashingGameNight.com and at CGN Podcast on Twitter. I want to say, everybody, be excellent to each other and stay frosty. Good night, nerds. Have a good one. Good night.